0: Good morning, I'm Pastor Gillespie from St. John Evangelical Lutheran Church and School, Sherman Center, Random Lake, Wisconsin. It is good to have you all with us here today for the Congregation of Prayer, a guide for daily meditation and prayer around God's Word. It's uh, Wednesday, July 12th, 2023, and I'm coming to you here from my study, but I'm actually, uh, I had to spend yesterday afternoon putting together a new desk. So I have a standing desk here, today I'm sitting. Uh, maybe some days I'll be standing. We'll see. I need to do some adjustment to it yet anyway. Uh, let's see. So from your perspective, there's no difference except my distance to my screen is actually much more reasonable now. And my desktop is much smaller, so uh can't have it piled with garbage. Hmm. You need an orderly desktop, don't you? All right. Uh, let's see. Today is Wednesday, so we will do some catechesis this morning and pray and confess together and sing. But uh, also join us this evening, 6.30 p.m. for Divine Service, our midweek Divine Service. And uh, we'll be considering last week's uh, three-year lectionary readings. All right. So with that, let's begin. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. I believe in God the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, to gaze upon the beauty of the Lord, and to inquire in his temple. For he will hide me in his shelter in the day of trouble. He will conceal me under the cover of his tent. He will lift me high upon a rock. And now my head shall be lifted up above my enemies all around me, and I will offer in his tent sacrifices with shouts of joy. I will sing and make melody to the Lord. Hear, O Lord, when I cry aloud, be gracious to me and answer me. You have said, Seek my face. My heart says to you, Your face, Lord, do I seek. Wait for the Lord, be strong, and let your heart take courage. Wait for the Lord. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit. As it was in the beginning, is now, and will be forever. Amen. One of the advantages is that this is just a, a desktop. know <laughs> this doesn't matter to you. Before, I had this very limited window where I could put my legs, All right, because there, there were these drawers and things underneath, and now I can just... Sit right where I want to sit, on the floor. Oh, it's beautiful. Thank you so much. All right. 1 Corinthians chapter 1. For the message of the cross is foolishness to those who are perishing, but to us who are being saved, it is the power of God. 1 Corinthians 1 verse 18. Again, for the message of the cross is foolishness to those who are perishing, but to us who are being saved, it is the power of God. 1 Corinthians 1 verse 18. Office of the keys. What is the office of the keys? The office of the keys is that special authority which Christ has given to his church on earth to forgive the sins of repentant sinners, but to withhold forgiveness from the unrepentant as long as they do not repent. Where is this written? This is what St. John the Evangelist writes in chapter 20. The Lord Jesus breathed on his disciples and said, Receive the Holy Spirit. If you forgive anyone his sins, they are forgiven. If you do not forgive them, they are not forgiven. What do you believe according to these words? I believe that when the called ministers of Christ deal with us by his divine command, in particular, when they exclude openly unrepentant sinners from the Christian congregation and absolve those who repent of their sins and want to do better, this is just as valid and certain, even in heaven, as if Christ our dear Lord dealt with us himself. Okay. Maybe we should uh, see what Luther has to say about the office of the keys and the large catechism. Today would be a good day to do that. Let's go look at that. All right. Uh, the large catechism is structured a little bit differently when it comes to um, this part. Actually, I don't think it bo- uh, da, 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 da. No, he doesn't actually have a section on confession and absolution, and that's right. I knew there was something different. Large catechism. Yeah, we don't have... There's only five parts in the large catechism. Alright, well, forgiveness of sins is included in all of the article all the parts right all right of course we could hear the augsburg confession on confession absolution but uh we will spare you today <laughs> good idea moving along isaiah 35 the wilderness and the wasteland shall be for them and the desert shall rejoice and blossom as the rose it shall blossom and abundantly oh it shall blossom abundantly and rejoice even with joy and singing. The glory of Lebanon shall be given to it, the excellence of Carmel and Sharon. They shall see the glory of the Lord, the excellency of our God. Strengthen the weak hands and make firm the feeble knees. Say to those who are fearful-hearted, be strong and do not fear. Behold, your God will come with vengeance, with the recompense of God. He will come and save you. The eyes of the blind shall be opened and the ears of the deaf shall be unstopped. The lame shall leap like a deer, and the tongue of the dumb sing. For water shall burst forth in the wilderness and streams in the desert. The parched ground shall become a pool, and the thirsty land springs of water and the habitation of jackals for each lay. There shall be grass with reeds and rushes. A highway shall be there and a road, and it shall be called the highway of holiness. The unclean shall not pass over it, but it shall be for others. Whoever walks the road, although a fool, shall not go astray. No lions shall be there, nor shall any ravenous beast go up on it. It shall not be found there, but the redeemed shall walk there, and the ransomed of the Lord shall return and come to Zion with singing. With everlasting joy on their heads, they shall obtain joy and gladness, and sorrow and sighing shall flee away. Uh, One of my favorite sections of Isaiah. What a beautiful uh, picture of the renewal. And actually, um, the Lord brings in a greater thing to pass than anything we've experienced before. All right, our reading for catechesis, more on the parables. Matthew 13, beginning in verse 36. Then Jesus went or sent the multitude away and went into the house. And his disciples came to him, saying, Explain to us the parable of the tares of the field. He answered and said to them, He who sows the good seed is the son of man. The field is the world, the good seeds are the sons of the kingdom, but the tares are the sons of the wicked one. The enemy who sowed them is the devil, and the harvest is the end of the age, and the reapers are the angels. Therefore, as the tares are gathered and burned in the fire, so it will be at the end of this age. The Son of Man will send out his angels, and they will gather out of his kingdom all things that offend, and those who practice lawlessness, and will cast them into the furnace of fire. There will be wailing and gnashing of teeth. Then the righteous shall, shall will shine forth as the sun in the kingdom of the Father. He who has ears to hear, let him hear. Again, the kingdom of heaven is like, a, or like treasure hidden in a field, which a man found and then hid. And for joy over it, he goes and sells all that he has and buys that field. Again, the kingdom of heaven is like a merchant seeking beautiful pearls, who, when he has found one pearl of great price, went and sold all that he had and bought it. Okay, so uh, what does Jesus do with the multitude? All right, in time of refreshment, sends them away, right? Goes into the house. Um, And again, his disciples come and ask him, explain to us the parable. In this case, the parable of the tares of the field. We had the same thing happen uh, earlier in the chapter. Explain to us uh, the parable of the sower, right? You had been given to know the mysteries of the kingdom of of heaven, right? And so here, uh, again, hearing they do not hear and seeing they do not see, even his disciples, right? So he explains it to them, and this is because, of course, these parables are, uh, to speak parabolically is to speak, well, it's really absurdist, right? It doesn't make any sense, right? But of course, um, if it were to make sense, it would belong to to the law, but parables of the kingdom belong to the gospel, which is why they don't make sense, because they don't behave according to reason. They behave according to the logic of the gospel, not the logic of the world or the law. All right. We'll talk more about that, I think, on Sunday, if everything comes together. All right, so who sows the good seed? According to Jesus, verse 37, the Son of Man, right? And then what is the field? The world, right? The Son of Man, the field is the world. The good seeds are the sons of the kingdom. So this is different than the parable of the sower, who says it's the word of God, right? Here it's the seeds that are being sown are the sons of the kingdom, and the tares are the sons of the wicked one, again, verse 38. Right, who then is the enemy who sows the sons of the wicked one? Well, it'd be the wicked one himself, the devil, right? And when's the harvest? The end of the age. And notice here who the reapers are. So, this is different again than the parable of the sower, because there we might suggest the harvest is the workers are few, but the the work is plenty, but the workers are few, right? Therefore, pray the Lord of the harvest, send laborers into his harvest. Here it's not uh, those workers of the church, but it's actually. The angels, yeah. And what happens on then on the last day, at the end of the age, according to Jesus? Verse 41, just like we saw um, before with the, uh, the harvest here, or in the parable itself I should say, the Son of Man sends out his angels then uh, to gather out of his kingdom all things that offend, right? That would be the tares, and those who practice lawlessness, also the tares, and tend to, to bind them and cast them uh, into the furnace of fire. All right, we have an, a, a description of the experience, which uh, when I read this to my children last night, we're just, we have to read ahead because I'm gone on Wednesday night for uh, divine service. So uh, we read ahead and then um, they tend to not read when I'm not there. So uh, unless enough of the older children are present. Anyway, we read it last night and uh, Patrick was having a fit over something. And so he was weeping loudly when we were reading this, which was uh, completely appropriate. Um, gnashing of teeth as well, right? And what does uh, Jesus say then about the good seeds? Interesting. The good seeds are the righteous who shine forth as the sun in the kingdom of their father. I think that's a reference back to Daniel uh, 12, I believe, where the righteous shine forth as the stars of the heavens. Mm -hmm. To what does Jesus compare the kingdom of heaven then in verse 44? We have another parable of the kingdom, a short one, just one verse. Like a treasure hidden in a field, the field again, suggesting the context here would be the world, And uh, what does Jesus tell us about the treasure? Uh, The man found it and then hid it. It's interesting. So it's hidden in the world, just like um, the wheat is hidden within the tares, right? And then uh, the treasure being that is found would be the church or believers, maybe. What does he do, um, then do, I should say? He sells everything. That's the key, I think, to buy that field because the church is hidden in it. God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, right? Good. Um, and then another one, right? kingdom of heaven is like a merchant seeking beautiful pearls. And uh, here, is it Jesus or the Father? It's a little ambiguous. Maybe it's the Father. And again, the pearl of great price would be the church. What does the Father do in order to redeem or to purchase the church? He gives his only begotten son who sheds his blood, which is the purchase price uh, for her, right? Sold everything, including his most treasured possession, his own son. Right. So there is a connection here between both the parable of the uh, treasure in the field and of the the merchant seeking the pearl, is that in both cases he sells everything to buy uh, to buy it. Okay. Either the pearl or the field with that the treasure is hidden in. I think that's important. Tells us maybe about the identity. So the son of man who himself is the promised seed sows the seed of his word in the world and raises up sons of the kingdom who live by faith in him. Though he has laid down his life for the entire field, the world, the evil one who sows his own words of deception and raises up a crop of sons who attempt to choke out the good seeds. The two sets of sons grow side by side until the day of judgment when the Lord makes clear who his seeds are. The treasure and the pearl remind us that he has purchased the field of the world with the great price of his own blood, so that he might redeem his own bride, the church. The church is hidden in the world. The good seed is growing among the tares. Our Lord regards his church as the pearl that will be revealed on the last day. Yesterday, I think we sang the first few stanzas. Let's sing stanzas four and five today. about how to move this microphone around all right um it's worth i think today uh hearing more about the hymn how about that all right so hymn 688 come follow me the savior spake was written by johann scheffler 1624 to 1677 also called angelus silesius who began writing poetry in his teens. Angelus was his confirmation name when he joined the Catholic Church in 1653. To avoid confusion with another Johann Angelus, he appended Silesius, or the Silesian, someone from Silesia, to his name. Six stanzas of this hymn appeared in the fifth part of Scheffler's Heilige Zelen Lust oder Geistliche Hirtenlieder, published in Breslau in 1668, where it, it, it is headed, quote, it, the soul, exhorts one to follow Christ. In LSB, stanzas 1 through 3 and 5 are taken from this book. The four stanza in LSB is by an unknown author and appeared in Geisica Lieder and Loebgesange, 1695, and in Johann Anastasius Freilinghausen's influential pietist hymnal, Geistreiches Gesangbuch 17- of Halle, 1704. A translation by Charles W. Schaefer. Uh, is found in the Evangelical Lutheran Hymnbook of 1889. The version in LSB is an altered form of it. All right, so this was David Held. Um, he doesn't give us the, the stanza that was omitted. I wonder what that one's all about, but that's all right. Good. So let's uh, continue with our collect for the week. Oh God, you have prepared for those who love you good things that surpass all understanding. Pour into our hearts such love toward you that we, loving you above all things, may obtain your promises, which exceed all that we can desire. Through Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you and the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. O Lord Jesus, you give the gift of the Holy Spirit to your disciples and promised that if they forgive anyone his sins, they are forgiven, and if they do not forgive them, they are not forgiven. Grant us to believe your promise so that we receive the ministry of our pastors in repentant faith and with the confidence that they are speaking on your behalf and for the sake of our soul's salvation. In your holy name we pray. Amen. We pray this day for marriage and family, that husbands and wives, parents and children live in ordered harmony, according to the word of God. For parents who must rear their children alone, for our communities and neighborhoods, let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. Today we rejoice with Jim celebrating his birthday. We pray with Kira celebrating her baptism. Pray for the households of our church, especially... I'm Deb, Shannon, Sam, Joe, and Maureen. Continue to thank God for the healing given to Barb. Pray for our catechumens. We pray for those ill receiving treatment or recovering, especially Dale and Pam, Joe, Melanie, our Kelsey, Christopher, Marcy, and Brad, Gus, Eileen, Ron, Doug, Bev, Jim, Pat, Wendell, and Darlene. Pray for our homebound: Marcy, Marion, Dan, Paul, Dolores, Merlin, and Pauline. <laughs> pray for the missions and mercy work of the church, and we pray for that of our community uh, this month with Safe Harbor in Sheboygan, asking the Lord to give us generous hearts to support their work. We intercede on behalf of Dasha to find new housing, Donna being healed for a stroke, and Lydia, who will be having outpatient surgery next week. For all this, let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. for into your hands I commend myself, my body and soul, and all things. Let your holy angel be with me, that the evil foe may have no power over me. Amen. Let us bless the Lord. Thanks be to God. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the communion of the Holy Spirit be with you all. Amen. So that's our Congregation of Prayer for today, Wednesday, July 12, 2023. Come to each morning at 9 a.m., uh, so I encourage you to join us then. Uh, apart from Sunday, and where we have divine service at nine, and uh, Wednesday evenings where we have divine service at six thirty. So join us tonight. And again, uh, it won't be a feast or festival, um, but we'll hear from our Lord Jesus. Also in Matthew, actually, the text that um, I think, yeah, that we just studied in catechesis last week or maybe the week before. So you'll hear some preaching on that text. All right, I'll be with you all. Keep you safe. We'll see you tonight at six thirty.